Bernie Radio, 103.9 FM, just after 9 o'clock. Good morning. Coming up at 9.30 is Building Texas with Justin McKenzie. But thank you for making your appointment to hear this inspiring show, God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. Discover a new perspective. God and Our Dogs. GodandOurDogs.com Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow. Spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories told on the show reveal God in new ways. We look in the mirror of our dogs. In the reflection, we find aha moments, bringing to light a deeper understanding of love, value, purpose, and belonging. Find us at GodInOurDogs.com. Click follow on the God and Our Dogs page on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site and on YouTube, where you can find bonus material from our guests. We appreciate our business partners, including Solid Realty Group, Ron Zunker with Pax Financial Group, Merle Norman Cosmetics and Spa, and Ratner Consulting. Thanks to our host, Tusculum Brewing Company on Bernie's Historic Main Street, a great place to enjoy family, food, and Tusculum craft beer. Tusculum Brewing welcomes our dogs, too. We have four guests in our theme pack today, shows featuring guests from previous God and Our Dog shows with similar themes and topics. Our guests today, in order of appearance, are retired pastor Dick Powell, Kendall County D.A., Nicole Bishop, CPA, Jonathan Badger, and Stacy Almager, CEO of Hill Country Family Services. Our theme for today, loss. If you have a dog in your life, chances are you have learned love is costly. Loss of our precious dogs leads to grief. What can we learn from this difficult situation about God and our relationship with Him and with our dogs? We begin with retired pastor, Dick Powell. His dog, Chippy, was an important part of his childhood life. When Chippy died, it was his first experience with death. So my first memory of a dog was a dog I told you about called Chippy. Uh, which, by the way, Pat Conroy, who was the great Southern author's dog, first dog was a great dog, Chippy. So we had that in common. But uh-huh. Chippy was my first dog. We lived in um, what I think was an idyllic place as a little boy growing up. We lived in a place called Middle Sound, North Carolina. Our house overlooked the intercoastal waterway. There was a barrier island on the other side of the waterway, which is now Figure Eight Island, which was then as well. And then the Atlantic Ocean, we had woods all around us and then very few neighbors, but neighbors. Mr. Best had a store about a half a mile or a mile from our house. I, it grows with the telling, but uh-huh. I would ride on my bicycle up there uh, and get things at the store. And Chippy would always follow me. And I was six or seven years old. And back in those days, you could 
as a six and seven year old, get on your bicycle and ride to Mr. Best's store and get things. And if you didn't have any money, then your dad would just pay for them when you came home that day. <laughs> and Chippy would follow me. Uh-huh. Well, one day Chippy was following me and uh, uh, some new folks had moved into a house that, that was along the way. And their dog came rushing out, took a big hunk out of Chippy's Ooh. rear. Wow. Well, Chippy went scurrying home. I went after her. I actually had to kick the dog off of Chippy. Uh, went after her and got home, and, and my mother took care of her and salved and that sort of thing. And so we were going the next day to go back to the store, and Chippy was following me. I was trying to get her not to follow, which she did. But interestingly, Chippy recalled that event and then detoured into the woods took a route and by the time i got to mr best store there she was waiting for me oh when my. we left she went back that way as i rode my bike down the road so you know one of the first things i noticed is that dogs are actually pretty smart <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes sometimes humans not so much you know sometimes you know we do things repeatedly wrong but the other thing that i recall about chippy and i think the the, the other thing that stands out with with her was she died. Uh-huh. I came home from school. She was always waiting for me at the bus when Mr. Jim would drop us off. He, she was always there, uh, and she wasn't there one day, and I went in, and she had died. Um, I don't know. I think it was my first time I'd ever experienced death of any sort, but it was also something else that became I became pointedly aware of. When my dad came, he was a good elder in the Presbyterian Church, and um, he came home, and we buried Chippy, and he said some words over. I don't recall the words, but I do remember this. He, we said together the 23rd Psalm, and we prayed together the Lord's Prayer. And I distinctly remember the poignancy of that moment was that those things, the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer, now had concrete and real meaning for them. They were no longer abstract. Yes. I'd uh-huh. heard them every Sunday, not the 23rd Psalm, but the Lord's Prayer every Sunday in the little chapel on the boardwalk where we attended church. But as a six or seven year old, you just don't kind of grasp them. Yes. But when you connect them with the death of your little dog, you do. Yes. That was one of my first recollections. In a way, it was sad, but you could also see the joy and the hope in that by having the meaning of having the service for Chippy. It's ritual. And I'm becoming, as I've aged, much more aware of the importance of ritual in our lives. I think that we've we've diminished it, particularly in the West. We've diminished ritual a lot, uh, or we've made them almost plastic and rote. Mm-hmm. Whereas the ritual of burying Chippy, the ritual of praying over Chippy, the ritual of saying the Lord's Prayer, of uh, the ritual of saying the Psalms, they they take they move beyond the abstract into the concrete. At that point, they become real, become part of our lives. Death made life real and concrete to Dick. He learned to turn to God in a respectful way, leaving a lifelong impression that the ritual of saying goodbye is not empty words, but bring life. If you want to hear more of Dick Powell's stories, go to GodInOurDogs.com forward slash listen, and his show is number 140. Now let's hear from Nicole Bishop. When Nicole suffered the devastating loss of Doberman Ava, she learned that there is healing through new and different relationships. I just lost Ava, and it was that January. And I was, you know, having a hard time with it. And I 
a friend of mine, Rhonda and, and Jessica Menarsen, they have a, a rescue. And so Jessica had suggested I go and, and see this dog at the Kendall County Shelter. They needed a foster home for him. And I was like, well, I can foster. And it helped because coming to the house felt really empty without having that dog there. And so I, I went and he was very, very timid, very, very standoffish. And I said, okay, well, I'll bring him home. I'll try it. And, you know, he was, he was having a hard time trusting. Sometimes I couldn't get him back in the house. It was very clear he probably had never been indoors before. Oh, wow. Ceiling fans, mirrors, all of these things mm-hmm. were brand new for him. Well, and that breed is used for livestock, isn't it? Yes. So I've, I've learned I've learned a lot about Anatolian Shepherds since because they're completely different and they're very instinctually driven and they're very protective. And so their, their job is to protect livestock. And so my friend, again, had sent me a link to a Doberman that was pregnant that they needed a foster home for. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't say no. There was something about this picture. So we get her and it turns out she's got 13 puppies. Oh my we take gosh. her for the ultrasound and she has 13. Oh, my gosh. And so... A pregnant dog with 13 puppies. Yeah. <laughs> so we got her for about five days before she had those puppies. And Scooby was very protective of her. I mean, he was very, he watched over her. He never let her out of his sight. You know, they would play. You know, we were trying to get fleas off of her and try to give her as much food as possible because she was underweight and get her in the best possible position. And so we'd gotten all the things for puppies. I'd never done puppies before. And there was, it was a Saturday and she started having her, her babies. And of course, mama dogs don't really like other dogs around when they're doing that. But she was outside on our porch and I have a picture of him sitting right there at the door watching. He was still doing time. his job, wasn't he? Was he was still doing his job. Yeah. And so she had 12 of the puppies survived and they just were probably <laughs> such a joy at the time. It was my, it's what got me through COVID. You know, we were working from home and those puppies were just, if I could, I would just raise puppies all the time uh-huh. because I just, I loved it so much and Scooby loved it. And, you know, Mama Dog pretty much let him take over whenever he wanted after probably the first three days. Mm-hmm. And those puppies crawled all over him. We uh, did a Harry Potter theme with their names. So everybody had a Harry Potter themed name. Uh-huh. Uh, Moaning Myrtle was very vocal, <laughs> <laughs> but they were wonderful. And I think we had them until they're about 12 weeks old and they were all adopted out. I think two stayed in Texas, including Elmo and the rest went kind of the Northeast and the uh, Northwest to people adopting them. They shipped them out and I stay in contact with them. We did a first year Zoom birthday oh, how with fun. all of the puppies. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's amazing to kind of see, it's, they're just little bundles of joy and happiness. And, and I, I just loved it. Well, what's so interesting to me is you've had a lot of purebred dogs, but you've also had a lot of rescues, if, especially if you include all the puppies. And one of the things that you talked a little bit about before the show was how the transformation and the rescues kind of took place. Now they, you, you mentioned Scooby wasn't really trusting at the beginning. What do you think made them change? So that's what was, you know, I think that Scooby and I both had some healing to do and mm-hmm. go through and he, he didn't trust. He wasn't, you know, he was scared and timid and part of having those puppies, his instincts took over, but he, I think also he saw how I interacted with the puppies and I mm-hmm. saw how he did. And so through that, I think we bonded and we had a very strong bond that really kind of helped me get over the loss of, not so much get over, but get through the loss of, of Ava. And for him, I think it also helped him get through whatever pain from his past. Because when we got him, he had 
He'd been hit by a car, and his oh, hip wow. was broken, and it had never been properly fixed. And so he was in a lot of pain at the time. And so I think he was just, for us, for Scooby and I, it was a it was a way for us to get closer and to trust uh-huh. and to really see. And I don't think that's what's so interesting about rescues. When you get a puppy or you get a purebred puppy or whatever, mm-hmm. it's kind of a blank slate. Right. But when you get an older rescue that's two or three years old that has been through a lot in their life— there's trauma that you don't even know about. Yeah. And it's just trying to learn the best way to deal with that particular dog. Mm-hmm. Learn, the dog needs to learn that you love them and that they have value and purpose, and which he discovered. And I can just see so many similarities with us as people. Yeah, we're born as a blank slate, but the blank slate doesn't usually last real long. Right. And God kind of wants to take us, you know, back to that, you know, the old-fashioned etch-a-sketch, you know, Uh where you shake it and the the drawing goes away. Yeah. Um, Isn't that kind of how it was with Scooby in a way? I think so, too. And I think dogs have amazing ability to let things go and live in the now and just, you know, when they have a person or a family or something that they're connected to, you know, they live for that Mm -hmm. and that's what they look to for everything and so he knows that I'll do everything to protect him and I know that he's going to do everything to protect me and it's just everything that happened to him before doesn't matter and he's a part of our family now and we're so grateful for Nicole learned through serving others new relationships develop in unexpected ways God heals more hearts than ours in the process If you want to hear more of Nicole Bishop's stories, go to GodInOurDogs.com forward slash listen, and her show is number 214. Before hearing from Jonathan Badger and Stacey Almaguer, I'd like to tell you about Tusculum Brewing. Tusculum Brewing's passion is filling the hearts and bellies of neighbors with great food and craft beer brewed on site. Visit soon to enjoy indoor tap rooms, outdoor patios, brew house tap room, spacious beer garden, and live music. Tusculum has atmosphere, food, and drinks for all members of the family, including our kids and dogs. Visit Tusculum Brewing soon. Visit online at tusculum.b. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscom Law, Kendall County Abstract, The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, GodInOurDogs.com, including my blog and the sign-up for a weekly Thought to Ponder with stories based on my dogs on the Want a Treat page. You can also listen to those Thoughts to Ponder Thursday mornings at 745 and 845 on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM or the Bernie Radio app. Check out the show webpage for regular updates and resources. That's GodInOurDogs.com for lots of treats. Discover a new perspective. God and Our Dogs. This is Nancy Brewington, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. We are back on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our show is a theme show today about loss. We are featuring stories and insights from four of our previous guests. Our guests today, in order of appearance, are retired pastor Dick Powell, Kendall County DA Nicole Bishop, CPA Jonathan Badger, and Stacey Hummaker, 
CEO of Hill Country Family Services. Before the break, we heard from Dick Powell and Nicole Bishop. Our next guest is Jonathan Badger. Jonathan's dog, Jake, had been with him through so many life changes from bachelorhood to the father of four kids. That made losing Jake especially difficult. He passed away um, uh, in, in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That must have been really tough. It was, um, you know, on a personal level, the, the hardest day of my life. Yeah. It was, um, he, you know, I, I, I talked to a vet, um, friend, family friend of ours, you know, 10 years prior. I just said, hey, he's a big dog, and I've never done this before, so how, how will I know when, when it's the right time? And he, he was right. He, he said, you'll know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the day will come and you'll just know. Um, and that day came and, um, you know, as a family, we, we said our goodbyes. Um, you know, it was, a, you know, I think Sarah was four at the time, no, three. And, and so there was young kids involved that were uh, trying to understand, you know, concepts of life and death. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're talking about, you know, that, that we're not all guaranteed time on this earth and that, that God has a plan for all of us. Mm-hmm. God created Jake. Um, just like he created us, um, and uh, just kind of giving us a platform a little bit to talk to our kids about, you know, that transition. Mm-hmm. How's the grief process been in your family? <laughs> I, I wish I had a, a a great answer for that. Other than I think we just kind of rolled with the punches, you yeah. know, as it happened. Um, I was uh, uh, my wife and I were were there when it happened. Uh, you know, it, as um, you know, we kind of helped transition him um mm-hmm. there in the room and um you know it was a it was a a tough day uh-huh. it's a really really tough day i think i think as i i think god used that in my own life for um i've, I've been blessed i haven't experienced a, a lot of close friends and family that that have experienced you know um or, or who have died and so um, I think God, I will experience that in the future, like we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was a, I think God growing me, in my own life, um, on on how to grieve. Um, that that you know uh, those emotions are real. You know, uh, God created us for emotions. Um, he created us with those feelings. Sometimes it's easy just to kind of sweep it under the rug. Um, mm-hmm. This was something that. Um, I think will prepare me for other hard times in my life, you know, as, yeah. as, as they come up. Yeah. Love is costly. It is. It is. And, and, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, I'm personally walking through, um, you know, a, a, uh, um, family member that, that is, uh, that is ill. Um, and, um, and so, so as, um, you know, God's going to use all this for his glory. Um, you know, he's going to, he's going to use, you know, um, as Jake, uh, prepared me for, you know, how to, how to deal with grief and how to deal with that transition. Um, you know, he doesn't waste anything. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll be better able to process and, 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 and deal with, with those feelings for, for, um, you know, future family members and friends. Yeah. 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 Grief is definitely a process Mm -hmm. and, uh, having, our dogs in our life, um, they never l- seem to live as long as we'd love them to, do they? Yeah. No, they don't. I, 
I don't know why that is, but I uh, I kind of wish that they lived as long as we do. Yeah. Sometimes, you, yeah. Know? Just, I, you know. I agree. We adopt them into our family I and agree. have them for a little longer. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Love is costly and can even be painful. How we handle loss makes all the difference. The loss of our dog can show us the value of life. Embrace our God-given emotions prepare us and our family for inevitable loss and important people in our lives. If you want to hear more from Jonathan Badger, go to godandourdogs.com forward slash listen and his show is number 122. Now we hear from Stacy Almaguer. Unexpected dog friend Mia arrived just in time to love Stacy through the loss of her daughter. So I was in college and married my high school sweetheart, and we, we, got, ma- we got married and, and had a little girl who had some really horrific health problems, um, so complicated that it took them about three days in the neonatal intensive care unit to get to page three of the yellow legal pad about everything that was wrong with her. Oh, my goodness. And we spent eight months in the in the NICU, and we lived in the, Make- um, what am I saying? Not Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, the Ronald McDonald House. She was a Make-A-Wish child. And Ronald McDonald House in Kansas City, and it was a, a Everything you can imagine, just an emotional roller coaster, you know, all the mental and behavioral health issues that come along with trying to be a subject matter expert in tragic health circumstances when you are not equipped to do that. And so it it, it was very challenging. My husband and I divorced because most people just cannot cannot make that work because it it was just there's a lot of. Um, stress in those kinds of situations. Yeah. So long story short, I had just started graduate school and I left graduate school school before the internet and I found a pediatric surgeon that could help her supposedly. And we moved to San Antonio. We up and left community near Kansas City and and moved to Texas. And sure enough, she uh, was, was received the surgery that she needed and then she was diagnosed in kidney failure. And so we had come so far then it all came to a screeching halt and and she was in kidney failure and so interestingly enough I, I met this incredible human being at a Starbucks in San Antonio who ended up becoming my husband and he had a son and I had a daughter and they were in kindergarten together so it was it was just one of those serendipitous meant to be situations um, we've been married almost 25 years so uh-huh. we did well and he was also her kidney donor um, oh my goodness it, wow yeah he how was, unusual is that well he was the only match so, Amazing. you know, when you think about it from a spiritual perspective, it, it really was very special that we found each other. He's not even from Texas. And so we had to come here and and meet here and become a family here. And mm-hmm. then he saved her life. And so um, her kidney rejected a few years after she received her transplant. And then she wasn't eligible for another one. So she went through dialysis uh, for six years after mm. her first transplant. And we just we just knew she was going to die and we had to watch her uh, demise. And so we we had rough years, years that you can't fathom. You know, you don't want to walk down the hall because you don't know what's going to be at the end. And yeah. we, we lived like that as a family for years and years and years. And I don't think we realized how incredibly stressful it was. We really didn't have any friends. We were very isolated. We just took care of our family and took care of our, care of our financial obligations. And we operated as a family unit, but we didn't want to tell anybody because 
how do you even start? Like, you right. know, it's just once you're in it is like you can't even fathom. Where do you even start telling somebody that your child is dying? That's pretty heavy. Like, hey, how are you? How are the kids? You know, oh, my daughter's dying. You know, yeah, that's Stacey, dark. I can't even imagine <laughs> that. But I, I bet there were people that may have wished that they had known. But I totally get it as far as. How much do you share? You yeah, know? it definitely made us the weird family on, on the block. There's a lot more to the story. You know, of course. She, anyway, but so she passed away six years ago. And immediately after she passed away, somebody that we knew was moving to Alaska. And they said, we've got this dog and she's in her elder years. And at that time, my husband was um, deployed. He was retiring from the military and had one more deployment. And so I'm like, we'll take her. It was like out of nowhere. We'll take her. I didn't have any experience with any dogs. Like, this is crazy. you know. But I knew I wanted to nurture somebody. And uh-huh. my daughter was gone. I couldn't nurture her. And there's only so much more nurturing I can give to my own children. And so I went and I picked her up and I, I got this dog. And it was like coming home. It was extraordinary. She was this calm grandma dog who couldn't move very fast. But all she wanted to do was love on us and love us and she didn't just love us she loved everybody that came to the door and she just wanted to stick her nose in everybody's hands and just be loved and loved and loved and it was just a very special unexpected experience because I think that helped me at the most vulnerable time of my entire life and I didn't even know it actually I didn't even realize how deep that relationship was until I started talking to you about God and our dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really amazing how God provides for us in ways we never can imagine. She was kind of an odd-looking dog. My husband made fun of her ears, always said that her ears were too small. She was a mutt dog, but I called her beautiful. And I would, like, always speak to her, and I would say, you are a beauty queen. You are beautiful. You, and I would, like, give, as if she could understand me. But I think she did. Like, she, I was giving her positive esteem That's right. self-talk. She, she could tell your attitude. That matters more than anything. And yeah. I would speak to her, like, oh, Mia, you are so beautiful. You, here, hop up on the sofa outside. You know, yes, we're going to, and I would give her, I called them um, um, beauty treatments, and I would give her baths, and, like, I just nurtured that dog to death. Uh I loved her. Yeah. So it must have been really difficult to lose her. It was horrible because she was getting older and older and older. And because we never had her in her puppy years, she slowed down. You could tell her hips Mm -hmm. were killing her. You know, growing up the way I did, I know this is good common sense, but it never dawned on me to call the vet to see, I wonder if there's anything we can do about her hip problem. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, your hips hurt. (laughs) I'm like such a bad pet owner. (laughs) Like, gosh, after she died, I thought, gosh, I wonder if we could have done something about that. But we were in the Grand Cayman celebrating my 50th birthday with the most precious people in my life. And our pet sitter called my son and said that Mia had fallen down the steps in the backyard um, off the deck and she had gotten her leg stuck. And so she was suffering for a long time. And that was like horrific to hear. And so this conversation was being had in the hotel room in the middle of the night. And I and I remember asking this young man, could you just please stay with her and don't let her be alone? And then she passed away. And then I think back of, of our daughter was on hospice and, and she suffered. And she, I remember my daughter saying, just don't let me be alone. Uh-huh. And connection there was just unbelievable. So I went down to the coffee shop the next day and... Um, I was really upset. Like, I 
knew I loved that dog, but because I had never had a a relationship with a pet like that. I didn't realize how hard it hit me. And I was crying in the line at the coffee shop and the lady asked me what was wrong. And and I said, my dog died. (laughs) You know, it it hit me so hard Uh that I had loved and lost again. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it took, it it took the wind out of me because I didn't realize I had invested that much love into that dog, but I did. And I think that she was there when I needed this level of comfort that I wouldn't have been able to receive any other way. Right. We talked about vulnerability and that's what it is. I mean, and look at what you got out of that relationship with her. You know, I, I have a feeling she was the dog you were talking about earlier in the show when you were describing looking in your dog's eyes. Mm-hmm. She, she and, could look yeah. into my soul. Yeah. You know, we were describing earlier how, you know, when I looked into her eyes, I she was more than a dog. It was almost like a stuffed animal come to life. And she had she had wisdom in her eyes and she had she had a calm and a love for me because I picked her. Mm-hmm. You know, our kids, they're born to us. We're responsible for raising them. You get the one that God decides to send at that time. But your dogs, you pick them, you choose them, and and you have an intentional relationship with them. And and the connection was really, really intense. But I didn't even know it Mm -hmm. until, you know, it's like you don't know what you got until it's gone. I really, to this moment, and that was six months ago, I miss her. I miss her because she comforted me. And I, I looked at her and I felt acceptance and I felt that I was looking in God's eye. Our dogs can be a source of comfort at any time in our lives, especially during times of loss and grief. We can think of our love for our dog as a one-way street. As Stacy learned, our dogs can provide comfort and love in ways that people can't by just being with us without questions or comments. If you want to hear more from Stacy Omager, Go to GodInOurDogs.com forward slash listen, and her show is number 222. Thank you, Dick Powell, Nicole Bishop, Jonathan Badger, and Stacy Almager. It hurts to lose our dogs. They play a special role in our lives that people sometimes can't. It's impossible to forget or replace them. But as we learned today, it is also possible adding another dog to our life will bring newfound relationships. God uses our dogs in life and in death to teach us about himself and our relationship with him. So that leads me to a thought to ponder. Yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. Looking back with regret is not what God intends for our lives. Love and relationship with people, and most importantly, God, count. I ponder, how can I live each day with my dog, my family and friends, and with God to make the most of each day? Let me know what you think after pondering. Email stories at GodInOurDogs.com. Thanks to our business partners, including Ben Adam Architect, Celeste, the Dinger Trading Company, and Turfmaster. This is Meg Greer, and you have been listening to God and Our Dogs, I appreciate all of you and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show again on our website or subscribe on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for show bonuses. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs and click follow. 
Subscribing and following help the show spread the word about discovering a new perspective to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective.